Martin Buber once said that all real living is relationship. You have a re relationship with everything that you touch in your life. You have a relationship with the place where you live. You have a relationship with your very body, which changes over the course of your life. And of course, you have a relationship with all the people in your life. We live as beings in relationship, and we live more fully when our relationships are well engaged. The disciples had a relationship with the person that they followed, with Jesus. I have read that this term, disciple, during Jesus' day, there was a phrase to, to describe somebody who was a disciple. It said, it was somebody covered in the dust from the sandals of their master. You can imagine that image of following your master so closely and the relationship that that would have been for those followers of Jesus and these people who surely knew him well and loved him very much, who had just seen him killed brutally right before their eyes. You can only imagine how much hurt they were feeling. You can imagine the pain and the grief that they felt at that first Easter when he had risen, but they did not yet know it. And the writer of Luke tells us about when Jesus meets some of his followers on the road to Emmaus, and they don't recognize him at all. For me, that always causes me to wonder, did Jesus look different? Did he have a different face of some sort? Did his voice not sound the same? How did these people who had relationship with him and knew him so well not recognize him? And I wonder if it was because of the power of the pain and the fear that was probably clouding their vision at that time. And yet they felt something when they spoke with him. They felt their hearts stirred. And eventually that night, they were with him at table and they knew him in the breaking of the bread. And a little bit later in the passage that we just heard this morning, Jesus again visits his disciples. He suddenly appears standing among them and he says, peace or shalom be with you. But they're still afraid. And he then goes on to demonstrate that it really is him. It's not just a vision. It's not a ghost. He is flesh and blood like they are and like we are. The writer of the gospel describes their reaction as a mixture of joy and disbelief. Their belief was still evolving. And ultimately, Jesus tells them to touch him, to know that he really is there, that he is real. Touch me and see, he says. In other words, the way of faith it's not about creeds, but contact. It is about engagement. It is about relationship. Taste and see. Touch and believe. If you have ever spent time around human beings, you have seen that they are almost always flawed, imperfect, prone to being wrong and sometimes very stubborn 
about those wrong beliefs that they have. And yet, with each human being that you will ever encounter, there is a spark of the divine. There is a quality that transcends. To paraphrase the baptismal covenant, if we seek Christ in all persons, Christ will be found in all persons. It is in relationship that we get to know the sometimes hidden sacredness in every human being. Not human beings in theory, but in their actuality, in flesh and bone and spirit, all mixed together. And I wonder, as relationships in our country and the world at this time are so estranged, so hurting, so broken, what will be our way forward? It's been an especially heartbreaking week. And as the country has been reliving the horror of the killing of George Floyd, we have seen black and brown bodies continue to be destroyed at an alarmingly fast pace. Speaking with a black clergy colleague the other day, he said, nothing that's been happening just started happening. And on Friday, we had in this city, we had Emancipation Day, which is a holiday in Washington, D.C. It's on April 16th, and it recognizes the anniversary of the day when those who were enslaved here in the district were freed. So in 1862, with the stroke of a pen, Abraham Lincoln signed what was called the District of Columbia Compensated Emancipation Act of 1862. And he was able to free 3,100 enslaved men, women, and children. And if you look up the details, the act sets aside a million dollars to compensate the former slave owners. This was a sort of reparations because they had lost their property, those men, women, and children. And they were to be paid for that. It was up to $300 per formerly enslaved person. And there was also $100,000 set aside to give to those formerly enslaved people. But there was a catch with that amount. Each of them was able to get $100, but only if they agreed to move to Haiti or Liberia. While they were no longer enslaved, neither were they really free. They were incentivized to go away right from the start. At an event for Emancipation Day on Friday morning that I attended, one of the speakers Uh, went up to the microphone and said he was about to quote somebody that he found himself surprised to be quoting, and yet the words that he was going to say were important words to be shared. And he went on to quote George W. Bush, who spoke these words at the opening of the National Museum of African American History and Culture. Former President Bush said, A great nation does not hide its history. It faces its flaws and corrects them. This museum tells the truth that a country founded on the promise of liberty held millions in chains, that the price of our union was America's original sin. From the beginning, some spoke of truth, 
but their voices were not heeded, not heard. But what they spoke was always known to a power greater than any on earth, who loves his children and meant them to be free. Full freedom for all citizens has not yet come. The way forward is not going to be merely through knowledge, let alone guilt, but only through courage in relationship, which I believe is the only way to open the eyes of the blind and to empower those who do see what is right to correct the wrongs that have been done. Like resurrection, God has a way of surprising us. Another colleague in the diocese who also happens to be black said this week, we do ourselves a disservice basing our dreams and hopes solely on what we have access to right now. Resurrection is a new thing. Resurrection is not a spectacle. It is an invitation. And we are called to be in real relationship with Jesus and with one another. To taste and see. To touch and believe. Amen.